0: This is a Main Hustle Media Podcast.
1: All the way from the A,
2: you listen to my favorite lesbian on BRQ. Hey, stay locked in with your favorite
0: lesbian on Black Radical Queer. Yo.
1: Hey y'all, this is and Nicole, aka your favorite lesbian, and you're listening to Black Radical Queer Podcast, our stories on our own terms. Before diving into this episode, I wanna take a moment to tell y'all about Black Radical Queer on Patreon. Patreon is a great way to support the podcast because those contributions help to offset the cost of making this thing happen. So production costs, editing costs, hosting fees, All of the funds from the Patreon go towards supporting that and keeping this podcast moving right on along. Um, Also, there's perks to becoming a patron because you get early access to the episodes and you also get a discount on all BRQ merch. So it's a great way to support. Um, I appreciate my current patrons. And if you want to become a patron, you can do so by going to patreon.com. So patreon is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash blackradqueer, B-O-K-R-A-D-Q-W-R. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get into this episode. Hey, y'all. This is Javi Nicole. Welcome to another episode of Black Radical Queer Podcast. This episode is part of a series called Click. that is Q-L-I-C, and Click stands for Queer Love and Color. Um, as usual, I'm going to allow my guests to introduce themselves, um, and then we will get into our conversation. I have, I guess you could say technically three guests, but really, too, (laughs) because at this point, um, I don't know. I don't know if my wife counts as a guest anymore, but um, I'll go ahead and let my guests take it away. So whoever, I guess, uh, Courtney, you can go first and then Desiree.
2: Hey, I'm Courtney. I am from Atlanta, uh, Georgia. I'm an uh, optician here. Uh, And I know Javia from Way way long time ago, <laughs> uh, uh, when I was uh, modeling here in Atlanta, um, she was the first woman photographer I'd ever worked with. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm out here, <laughs> and uh, I prefer she, her, or uh, they pronouns is fine, or them pronouns is fine. Sorry. All right.
1: What about you, Desiree?
0: <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone, and listeners and friends. My name is Desiree, but you can call me Des. Um, I use she and her pronouns or they, them as secondary. I am a Cancer Sun and Aries Rising, so I got some fire in me. And Aquarius <laughs> Moon, if you're into astrology. Um, I have a six-year-old, a 16-pound emotional support animal. He's a cat and he's the light of my life. Um, and my Black trans and Black LGBTQ community is very important to me. Um, I met our host here online. We are interweb friends, <laughs> but I am very excited again to be a part of the podcast today.
1: So thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. All right. Spouse, wife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: hi, guys. Courtney. Back.
1: That's it? That's a yes say? Hey, you back. <laughs> um, all right. So... When when you all were introducing yourselves, I was just like, dang, I really don't even, um, hadn't even thought about like how long I had known each of you. I don't even know um, <clears throat> when Des and I became connected on social media. I have no idea. I just don't know. And then I didn't realize it had been that long that Courtney and I had known each other until you said that, because I was like, oh yeah, I was an undergrad at the time. So that was I was at Agnes Scott because we're shooting all over that campus. (laughs) So,
3: right, you know, back in the olden
1: days. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I'm glad to have you both on. Um, So what I wanted to talk to you all about today um, is the representation of queer love um, in media, especially between people of color. Um, But one of the things that I wanted to, I guess, kind of start out with is as you were growing up, Um, were there any love stories, um, fairy tales, but I guess anything that kind of like revolved around love or relationship or whatever, any of those types of stories, shows, media that stood out to you or that really like resonated with you, um, that, I don't know, inspired you or anything like that?
0: Um, well, I wasn't out or queer identifying until I was like in high school and college um but you know the one the one story or the one representation that stands out to me is of course Cleo and her girl from Set It Off (laughs) and (laughs) even though I wasn't out I definitely had an attraction to Cleo so that was probably my earliest like uh understanding of like queer
1: representation in the media. She was fine. (laughs) (laughs) No lies told no lies told. (laughs)
2: Um, I also didn't really come out until my early 20s Uh, so I didn't have a whole lot of I grew up mostly with my father so I didn't really have a whole lot of romantic representation at all (laughs) in my house Mm. um, in media or otherwise that didn't come until much later when I was actually seeking it or looking out Mm. Um, and that does include like uh relationships my father's relationships in the house there was not really a whole lot of understanding about romance or um any of
1: that actually <laughs> hmm. when I was growing up so that means for you that you were basically like newly out when I met you yes, I
2: was I did I not was, know that
1: I was brand new <laughs> dang didn't even know it. <laughs> um That's so crazy to me. And then, I mean, too, at that time, it was such a, um, it was just, we did a lot of very, I feel like very um, like queer-ish outings, like just being out and about in Atlanta, going to Pride and going to like um, areas that had like a a large queer population. Like I still have pictures from us going to Pride, (laughs) like being in the Piedmont area or whatever. Um, yeah, it's that. so crazy to me. <laughs> um, but I know growing up, um, I really can't remember any, um, any like, uh, queer, like love representations or whatever that really, really stood out to me. I know there were some things that I felt like kind of had these undertones that intrigued me, but I, I didn't, I couldn't put words to it or whatever. Um, so for instance, like one of my favorite movies is The Color Purple, And I remember kind of seeing this interaction between Seeley and Suge, but not knowing, I mean, I didn't, I was really young, so I didn't have the language for like what was going on between them. But I just remember feeling like, okay, something here is um, different or whatever, or something here, there's something like, you know, that they're communicating or whatever that's a little different or whatever. Um, But, and I hadn't even thought of set it off i I don't remember how old I was by the time I actually I feel like by the time I saw set it off, I was like out and all that stuff but prior to that, I really can't remember um I remember just seeing media in general and um it just being very straight <laughs> and that was that being the representation that I saw um but as I kind of started to learn more about myself, I started realizing that like hey i' I don't really see anything besides this I don't see anything that really um that I feel like I can relate to fully um I, I feel like I could relate to black love but I couldn't relate to like straight <laughs> love I guess yeah. it's the best i to describe it I don't know what about you
3: I don't recall seeing queer love or yeah black queer love um and rep- uh, media however I do distinctly remember like like shame or you know I distinctly remember, like, I can remember, like, the the punishment or, like, my parents talking about it negatively, but I'm like, where was the media representation coming from for the conversation to even come up? Mm-hmm. And I don't remember that part. Was it on the news? Like, where, where were they seeing it for it to even be a conversation? And I'm sure a lot of people, you know... Uh, was it just it, like it was just wrong. Yeah, but where <laughs> but it's is it, like what are they talking about? Is it right church? What made you them know? bring it up? Why was it brought up? I can't remember that part. Um I, I do rec- you know, my mother had a, <laughs> a gay friend and for some reason she brought me to the baby shower as a child only to like tell me afterwards that's not right. But why did you bring me? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Um yeah, conflicting things. Yeah. So yeah, but in media like on TV shows, things like that. No, I don't remember anything.
1: Um, Okay, so when you were, you know, growing up, Okay, so we already talked about like there really wasn't, we really didn't see much, if any, um, representation of like queer love, queer relationships, queer couples, um, really queer folks in general. I mean, that was already slim. So um, what I mean, even prior to you kind of, I guess, coming into your queer identity, What is it that you envisioned for yourself in terms of love and romance and all that, if anything? Like, what is it that you felt like your future looked like in that area? When I was coming into my queer
2: identity, I had just come out of a very crazy, tumultuous relationship with a a guy. And um, when I finally decided to kind of come out of the closet, my first introduction (laughs) Was the Elmer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> which is
2: not a great introduction <laughs> so i modeled my desire for relationships after a lot of that content hmm. <laughs> and a lot of the content that came thereafter <laughs> so interesting it was, it was um because i didn't know anyone else that was gay or lesbian or queer i didn't know a whole lot of queer people i kind of had to um meet people through friends or meet people through friends who had gay friends (laughs) uh, to kind of figure it out and so when i went searching for that media and that information and those images that was kind of the big thing at the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah definitely uh, everywhere that Um,
1: definitely was the big thing when we around that time that we met or whatever i remember even watching it it just was like but how how do you say that you kind of like modeled um like relationships would just model what you saw after that how so like I
2: I always when I first started dating or dating women um, the type of woman that I was looking for was, was women like that on the show successful mm. um, intelligent well spoken women who are fashionable and all that that's what I kind of my mind went <laughs> <laughs> with the being gay portion but then when i went to my first pride and i saw i was meeting gay people and i saw gay people and i saw gay relationships and couples it kind of changed my not changed my perspective but it showed me something different so i guess i the best way i can describe it is kind of a delusions of grandeur mindset <laughs> <laughs> dang about relationships up until i finally started really dating women and i had to learn the hard way (laughs) about that it's that's not it wasn't true that's all fake that's television (laughs) (laughs) that's not how relationships are um so obviously now i know better (laughs)
1: but um Mm. yeah i mean it's like you can all the stuff that you listed like you can definitely have but it's like the way that it was represented in that show was very specific and very not much. and and not you know it wasn't particularly broad so it's like yeah you can it you know was, have was hollywood yeah exactly so you know you can have like that partner or that person or whoever who is like intelligent and successful and all that kind of stuff but like what they the, what they showed was just like a very narrow view of what that looked like you know a very so,
2: caucasian view of what yes that looked like
1: <laughs> very very alabaster so very alabaster. um so yeah so seeing that it's like okay well I, for me, I definitely was like that. That 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 ain't me. Like that ain't my ministry right there. Um, I I watched the show and I was and I enjoyed the show um, for the most part. You know, I got issues with Jenny. Ugh, I can't. <laughs> um, but it, but I, I didn't. Um, it didn't represent me. I I never at any point like felt like or thought that it represented me at all. I was like this white as hell. <laughs> so In this my ain't my mind. black ass life
2: in my mind when I first came out I I had those that thought process that this could be me like I could be Mm. one of these people in the future I could have this type of relationship or this type of marriage with someone Mm -hmm. but being being a black girl who grew up in Atlanta (laughs) um, (laughs) in a black community with black gay people it's not a realistic represent it wasn't a realistic realistic representation Mm -hmm. and um I wish that I had more people around me at the time to kind of show me a broader mm-hmm. spectrum. So it would it wouldn't be something that I learned much later. Right. And it would, it would have been a more um, positive introduction into my gay
1: twenties. <laughs> <laughs> so what about for you Desiree?
0: Um, so yeah, when I, was watching that off and thought by like Cleveland was fine, I didn't understand that I was like queer or whatever or attracted to women. And so when I was in middle school, um, all of my friends and homegirls had boyfriends and I was just like, why don't I have boyfriends? Like nobody likes me. And then I went to high school um, and I have a twin sister. Um, and so my twin sister started dating this well, first she started dating the stud, and I knew she was dating the stud, and I think that in my mind, I was like, well, this person is masculine, so like, <laughs> maybe she's not like really, I was, you know, I was very remedial queer, um, so maybe like, she's not really like a not remedial.
1: <laughs> you know, I was a <laughs> baby queer. That's so funny. Uh, there were remedial. just like so many... You're so like, oh, so since she's dating a masculine person, and she not maybe she's, she's, not, not, really she's gay. not
0: really. a she's not really lesbian. Like you're not
1: gay. Not for really real. gay because she's like okay. technically, but you know. not for
0: real. Okay. I just had so many, <laughs> so many problematic um, perspectives. Back there. Um, <laughs> Listen, we all right. None of us is way. exempt from being right. from some problematic stuff. Yeah, right. Nobody <laughs> is unproblematic. Um, but she started dating this girl, and I guess it just opened up possibilities for me like well if my sister could date a girl i could date a girl too and so i started like (laughs) developing this crush on this i'm not gonna talk about her too much because she might listen to the podcast but um i started (laughs) developing this crush on this girl she was fine she played like varsity basketball and varsity volleyball always
1: the ballers Um,
0: (laughs) but my sister i guess was really like influential in me like understanding my identity um as a queer person, um, you know, we live in this heterosexist society that tells us like straight is way to be. And so mm. I think that like outside of media influences, if I didn't have my sister there showing me that there were other ways to be, um, and not even just in my in, in terms of my sexuality, but just in like terms of my activism too, like if I did not have my sister there, I wouldn't like be the person that I am today. Shout mm. out to my sister. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I would say that um, w- once, once I realized that that was an option for me, um before I get through open and yeah I just started dating women I started dating trans folk um started dating men and yeah I guess I just really came to terms with my fluid sexuality um I think there's something else yeah so my sister when she came out and started dating women um she was dating a she started dating a feminine woman and she was a white woman and <laughs> she dated a couple of white women and so that's not something that I saw for myself. <laughs> <So> <laughs> think about I heard the, the inflection my... in the voice was like, um, she
1: started doing <laughs> That this, wasn't really this, like... That's where, where we uh, kind of <laughs>
0: <laughs> Like I made the mistake of pursuing one white person that liked me in college. And it just was not it. Like everything that I thought would go bad in dating a white person went bad in dating that white wow. person. Wow. Um, and so I really, it just taught me to really go with like my instincts, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, if the ancestors are telling you that like these types <laughs> Listen, of relationships aren't right for they're you, trying to tell um, you, there's no, there's no reason <laughs> to deviate from that, that guidance, you know, that intuition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but when I, yeah, when I think about relationships, um, and, and what I wanted for my future, um, it was, it's a partner that's not white i uh, <laughs> specifically <laughs> and preferably that it's black
1: Let's um, say that Put it out there yeah. And man. you know
0: like hey. women are cool Trans folks are cool I don't really know if I see myself With a cis man in the future But my black trans folks and black LGBTQ folks and community are very important to me So that's definitely what I see um, In my future
3: Did um, you say which city you're in?
1: Who does right? I'm in Buffalo you said you're in Buffalo? I'm Buffalo. in Buffalo, New York, actually. So, so but York, that's where York, it's from, from um you're from here, right? I mean you're from California. Yes. But are you from LA or the Bay? I feel like you're from LA, right? I am from
0: Long Beach, which is in LA okay. County. So yeah. yeah. That's down. Are you all in LA? Us.
1: We're down street. We're like upstreet from Long Beach. Oh, <laughs> We're in Compton. Wait, We're wait, Compton? Wait. Compton.
0: Oh, Compton mm-hmm. in the building. That's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. Um I
1: digress. <laughs> But one of the things that um, I want to mention, so something that I've, like, mentioned in previous episodes and I've mentioned definitely throughout um, recording this series is that there's this, um, my wife got me uh, Janet Mock's book, like, years ago for, like, a Valentine's Day. Like, she did this, um, like, Black Girl Magic Valentine's Day type thing. So she got me, Mm -hmm. like, Janet Mock's book, Misty Copeland's book, um, which were both fantastic <laughs> highly recommend um and then um just some cool stuff whatever but one of the things that stood out to me from that book that like this was years ago i mean this was probably i don't even remember what year that was at that 2013,
3: point 2014. yeah
1: because we had just moved together um so this was years wow. ago like 2013 but um what stood out for me reading that book is janet Mott talking about this idea of possibility models and she talked about basically like her growing up and just kind of like being like a a young trans girl and trying to kind of like figure out possibilities for her life and and have examples to look to or whatever and so in a conversation um with a friend of mine Kieran, he was just like you know hey did you see like possibilities for yourself like as you were growing up and all kind of stuff in terms of your queer identity your romantic identity and all of that um so i think it's interesting um desiree that like you had basically a possibility model that was like super close to you and your sister, which um, most people don't have. So it's like in the midst of, you know, a lack of representation or like, you know, a lack of seeing possibility models, at least you had one that was like really as, I mean, she's your twin. So as close to you as as someone can be, um, which I think is, I mean, it's a really unique story, but also really dope that you were able to have that because for folks who didn't, you know, Courtney talking about, well, basically looking to the L word as that possibility model, when it really didn't suit her, um, as a black woman, ultimately, um, for, you know, like how she was going to truly navigate her relationships or whatever. Um, so I just think that it's interesting that, that you were able to have that. And I was just trying to think back, like on, you know, what were my possibility models, but I really can't, um, I definitely early on, I don't remember having any, it wasn't until Mm -hmm. later. It wasn't until later and it wasn't until like I was already out and it still mattered because, um, I still want to see, you know, queer love and like queer people of color and black queer folks like, you know, having that romance and having those long-term relationships and stuff like that. But still growing up, I always knew like, I never envisioned myself like spending my life with a man, but I didn't have any examples to look to of like a a girl or a woman like spending, you know, their life with someone who wasn't a man. (laughs) So, um,
3: it's funny you mentioned that because we were having a conversation the other day. I think it was something about old studs. Or, you know, you know that's me. It was something about... This, she always
1: like, talking about old studs. Like, she got a whole thing about <laughs> old studs.
3: But it was something you were like, oh, this is what you're going to look like or something. And I was like, I, you know, I've never imagined myself old. And so even when I was young, and it's very, you know, I'm morbid and very depressing. But um, I've always, I always thought I was going to die, like at 19, which is, I could not imagine life pass. 19 for whatever reason, and I never knew what that was about, but just like in our conversations recently, and like hearing people say like, oh, this is a wedding every little girl dreams of, like things like that, like it's finally starting to click to me that I had nothing to look forward to, you know what I mean? I, I had no idea what a future for me looked like, so I just couldn't imagine it, you know? So that's, along the lines of what you were saying, like it really just clicked to me like in this past like two weeks, that that's what... Wow, I was being so damn morbid, like in the third grade, like, yeah, it's, that's over for me once I graduate high school. Cause I can't, you can't see past. Yeah. It. This, like, I'm not going to get married cause I can't marry a woman. I can't, you know, I'm not going to grow old cause I've never seen an old lesbian. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So.
1: No, that stuff like that. really does. Um, it's crazy because you're not the first, it, I know a lot of folks who have said similar things, not even just queer people, but I know, but everybody I know who has said that has been black um about not being able to envision themselves old um or you know having that like long-term relationship but especially for especially for queer folks like yeah what do you have to look to so it's like I had this idea in my head of like okay I could kind of like see myself it's weird like I the way I described it to a friend of mine was that like I knew how I felt so I knew that like I I've, I've never had any doubt in my mind about like how I felt about like girls, women, whatever, you know, well, you know, as a child girls but now women. Um but I never had any doubt in my mind about like that's what I'm attracted to, that's what I like. Um I had a lot of uncertainty about boys or men or guys. I'm like I don't know how I feel about you. <laughs> I don't know. It was like perpetual side eye like Y'all might, I don't know, like some of y'all nice to look at, but I don't know if I rock with you like, that, <laughs> honestly, but, but with girls, I was like, oh yes, that's my ministry right there. Um, so, but what I told my friend was that like, it's like when I would think about my future, it's like, I would have like a, um, outline, like I could see the outline. Like if you have a coloring book and you can see the out, the picture is just the outline and you're supposed to color it in, but I didn't have anything to color it in with. I didn't have anything to like fully bring the picture to fruition. Cause I'm like. What do i have to, i don't have a point of reference and so if i don't know like okay what how to actually fill it in it's just like i have a loose idea based on how i feel but i don't have any type of material you know to work with to like fill it in and um so that's how i felt so it was i could like vaguely imagine myself um getting married and having a family because i knew i wanted those things but it it couldn't fully like form like the, the idea didn't fully form. It was kind of like, it's just an outline. It's not in full color. It's not really vivid, I guess is the best way I can describe it. Um, so, yeah, so that's why I, um, just like, I don't know. I just, I didn't have that representation or I didn't see anything until, um, so it really took like getting older and just seeing, living life and seeing meeting people and getting to know people like what Courtney mentioned, um, seeing those relationships play out, um is what really started to give me those models but we don't the thing is like with straight folks like they can look to media and white folks too because there's white queer representation more so than of color but they can at least like yeah you can have people in your life but they can also look to media and of course media isn't the end-all be-all but that representation does matter for you to have more material to work with um, as you envision what is possible for yourself yeah, you can look at the person next to you, but like um, there's something that there's some validation that can come through seeing it represented in media too. Um, I feel like it can make it seem more real as a possibility, not like, oh, well, this person is an exception. This is just kind of like a, a rare thing versus like, no, there are plenty of other people who all, who is this is their reality as well. Um, so that's why um, I always kind of wonder about what representation if any did people see when they were growing up and kind of how they got to the place that they're in now with um their
3: identity and like what they want out of relationships so you want to say something i was gonna ask uh courtney a question growing up in atlanta do you feel because this is something i felt um once i got to like maybe seventh eighth grade and then into high school for sure the amount of um black lesbians and gay and lesbian kids was like so high to me like it, it almost felt like the movies with like the gay kids getting bullied like that did not exist in my life because I was in Atlanta like yeah. there was so many gay kids like the gay kids was like running shit you know what I mean so I wonder <laughs> if have like that kind of experience yeah. gay gang I, yeah, I, I
2: can't really say that when I went to high school I never saw gay people because I did there were a whole I went to a, um, three different high schools growing up and I saw the most uh, queer or gay children when I went to a fully black high school and Mm -hmm. they were fully out, fully proud, Mm -hmm. (laughs) dating, all of that. So yeah, I do remember having that experience. I wanted to say, and I just lost the thought, (laughs) um, (laughs) to you Javia, because um, yeah, I didn't have, even though I didn't have a whole lot of representation in the media. I remember my first one of my first gay outings being at your house. <laughs> you and your I partner remember. at the time had a potluck. She who shall not off. be named.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I that guess. was actually a good time. That yes. was a good time. A very queer <laughs> fantastic time. That was time. one of the one of the best
2: experiences I had the first my first time coming out. Up until then, like I hadn't had any other kind of too many other kind of experiences like mm-hmm. that, and I also I think because wanted-
1: it was just very like a, it was almost like having like a family dinner. You know how like for my like my wife's family, I think is a great example. Not like my family doesn't do it too; they do. But um, my wife's family is a, a great example of this, like just kind of all congregating together and doing like the family meals and stuff like that. My family does it, but it's just were smaller so it's like to see it on the scale of my wife's family is just kind of um is awesome to me so it's like that but like with queer folks you know what I'm saying it's like everybody get and that's something I used to do regularly is like have folks come that's something I miss doing it's like have folks come over and we'll have dinner um and just chill but that really came out of me having these folks who their families had like weren't really dealing with them um because of their queerness and um they want they needed a place to be able to go to to just like feel like hey you could just be comfortable here you can chill you know have a good meal just be surrounded by people who like care about you who aren't judging you or whatever so that's really what that came out of so like I used to fairly regularly like do the little like either a dinner or potluck or something like that and just have folks congregate at my house
2: (laughs) and it was an awesome experience it was it was awesome meeting a whole lot of New people and hearing the conversation happen around me for once that was pretty great. And I wanted to bring that because you brought something up that made me think about that, but I can't remember what it was. So. <laughs> but,
1: um, um, yeah. Oh, something that you just said, um, wife of mine. Um, so <laughs> you mentioned about Atlanta. It's so interesting to me because when, when Courtney was talking about, um, you know, like going to school or whatever. So I mean, I went to like three different high schools too. In middle school I um don't remember like as much uh queerness, like just out in the open. I'm, I know queer kids existed or whatever, like it ain't I ain't saying that, but um it was everything's just seemed real straight, like boys was dating girls or whatever, you know. I do remember this this girl um who actually was out as bisexual um in middle school and who like I end up seeing later on, it's just funny, but um she was one I ended up running to at the strip club who was there who was like Javier. <laughs> so that's a whole other story. But um yeah, but I remember she was out and she was like the only person I knew that was out at that time. But when I got to high school, I mean, even just going from eighth grade to ninth grade, it was a t- it was just totally different. So then I saw started to see what you mentioned about it was like plenty of um black gay kids. And that was like um also the school I went to, it was I mean, I went to mostly black schools, but some were more mixed than others. But this particular school was like 95% black. And there was plenty of black queer kids, like plenty. <laughs> um, not to say that there was, they didn't deal with any type of um adversity or issues or whatever, because they did. And I was one of them who ended up dealing with some stuff. But overall, it was like, it, the numbers were not small. Um, and it was really from seeing that and then I started hanging around like all the queer kids or whatever and, and part of that was just because a lot of us were in um the art so we were either in like band or chorus or you know that kind of stuff um and so most of the most of the chorus was like queer as hell like probably like 90 percent so it was prior to that I had never really um even thought about this idea of being like gay like not like I didn't know it existed, but I don't know. I hadn't made the connection. Like I knew how I felt, but I still hadn't quite made the connection to myself, like of me being gay. I don't know. There was some kind of disconnect going on there. Um until being surrounded by black crooked kids and one of them basically telling me that I was gay. Um
3: yeah, told me I was gay too. I'm yeah.
1: Like, hmm. like she was just like, Jeffy, you're gay. And I was like, hmm. I mean, and instead of like instead of me being like, No, I ain't, or whatever, I just really paused and was like, huh. I hadn't considered, I don't know, it just I hadn't even thought about it, I was like Okay, and I, I didn't argue With her, I was just like, hmm, I gotta think about that. And then after that, I was just like you, You're right, like maybe like a week Later or something, I was like, you know So-and-so, like you, I think you're right <laughs> Like, it was so random She's just out of the blue, we're just talking And she's like, Joe, you're gay I'm like, hmm I really was like that emoji, the thinking emoji Like really I must I must consider this like I don't know what was going on I was pondering like "Eh, hmm, I don't disagree I just need to think about it or something like it was ridiculous um so yeah definitely um lots of black queer kids and so um the the numbers I think were great enough to not see like this obscene amount of like bullying and all that kind of stuff but i mean st- they still dealt with stuff but i think just because there were so many folks were really like okay they're not really about their life to step to them for real it was like okay you can talk shit but like for real you trying to you want to fight <laughs> like no you don't really want to fight because you're gonna you know they're gonna have the whole crew with them so people just like Make those take little shots every now and then. And that's what happened, at least in school for me. Outside school, you know,
3: the jocks were sleeping with the the boys on the yes. team. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it was just,
1: yeah. Oh my gosh, just a lot. when I tell y'all, some a lot of things came to light. Okay, sometimes you know I've watched TV shows and stuff, and they show like high school kids and they be wilding out, and I'm like, this is a lot. Like this, they're in high school, but then I think back to high school, and then I'm like, you know what? This ain't completely off. Like this isn't completely off base. Like some wild shit was happening in high school. Um, definitely that piece of like these folks who are supposed to be super, um, super straight and super whatever were definitely doing some real queer stuff behind closed doors, and they were having like queer parties and all this kind of stuff. I remember this. Um, this it was like a cheerleader and a football player who everybody who had supposedly been a couple like, throughout high school, and they were both gay, and they were just each other's cover, basically, and had been all throughout high school. We went to a party, they, they both with their actual booze, <laughs> but in school, they, you know, they together, and the whole, like, the queer folks all knew, but nobody else knew, so folks, you know, thought they were a couple, and they just, like, I mean, they ended up, like, living together and everything. They were just each other's, like, cover for a while, and I was just like, okay, so
2: That's yeah, interesting. It's, it's interesting to me. It's interesting that um, when I went to a black, the experiences I had at a black high school were completely different from when I went to a white high school and then a mixed race high school. Because when I went to a completely white high school, none of the stuff that I saw going to a black school happened. Like, Hmm. (laughs) kids and uh, people fighting in the hallways, obviously, and and, uh, fighting over spouses or fighting because someone says you're gay and you don't want to claim like (laughs) you're gay. Uh, that stuff never happened when i went to a completely white high school most uncomfortable experience but then when i went to a mixed race high school which is in a very liberal town uh decatur um oh, well. yeah <laughs> uh when i went I to a, gay. <laughs> super gay uh, when i went to a relatively liberal high school it was more so like a whispered secret Mm-hmm. Mm. As opposed to their just being out kids. It was interesting, you like, know that's
1: supposed to be the liberal place, and that's yeah. that's interesting to me.
2: Like it's more so just like, oh, I think she's gay. Or someone asked me once if I was gay because I cut all my hair <laughs> off mm. <laughs> um, my senior year. They asked me if I was gay, and I was like, if you think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like <laughs> it was like a big deal me say with me saying that mm. as opposed to where I came from, where everybody's a little bit gay so,
3: so,
1: <laughs> <dang>. <laughs> so maybe that's where it comes from because I've been telling uh, I was about to say Courtney I've been telling my wife I'm like you think everybody gay but maybe that's where it comes from <laughs> everybody was that's gay, everybody, was, was gay. You know, everybody for was real for yeah. real everybody had a little dash even if it was like they just had a little phase or something you hear all the stories nobody was exempt
2: <laughs> there was always a story there was always a fight there was always something Mm. So, maybe that is where it came from. But it was just a completely different experience. Mm. Um,
1: yeah. and so, just, Desiree, did you go to, um, you went to school out here in Long
0: Beach? Uh, well, I went to school in Long Beach. I went to school in Orange County. I went to school in Riverside mm. County. Um, yes. I moved around a lot from <laughs> <throughout> Southern California. <laughs> well, yourself, like,
3: oof, oof, I will say like, oh,
0: <laughs> that my experience was worse. not that everybody was knowingly gay um I wish it was but yeah I went to a few different schools um I went to some some mostly white schools and you know fun racism (laughs) being called the n-word um having to talk to administrators (laughs) to get people expelled because people would would like I remember me and my sister were in PE and this like stupid white boy like Pretended to drive around us as if it was a drive by shooting and was like, wow, I'm gonna kill you niggers. Just and like, it was just, oh my so goodness. Weird. Also, like, fun fact um, where I lived in Riverside County was also like the hub of like a KKK group. So, wow, that was cool. But <laughs> the high school that racism, I graduated you know? from, yeah, it's just, it, it was very, the high school that I graduated from was kind of segregated um so like during passing period you would have like um you would have the black hallway and then you would have the white hallway and then you would mm. have the latino hallway um hmm. and so me I mean I had friends of all different races so I would like walk through all of them and be like what's up? what's up what's up what's up um but in terms of like gayness and people being out I mean my sister was out um and I remember when she first came out people would like it almost felt like I was a celebrity and my classmates were the paparazzi and they would come (laughs) up to me and they'd be like that's right that's right how's it feel to have a gay sister and I'd always have this stupid (laughs) ass answer I would always say you know I support my sister but I'm not gay though not me like I was in like such denial and like so (laughs) in the closet like when my sister first came out It's ridiculous. Um, Wow. You're like, I'm the straight one. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. I'm the straight
1: twin. I'm the straight twin. Oh my God.
0: But you know, I eventually came out, um, and the girl that I dated was popular too. So, like, everyone knew about us. People knew about me and my sister, but it wasn't like, I guess my school wasn't super progressive. Like, my sister had helped start um, a Black student union and a gay straight alliance. And so that brought some sort of like progression um, to the campus. But I wouldn't say like, there was a, a, a campus climate of, like, inclusion. Mm, um,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but yeah, you know, we made it work. We survived. Um, people bullied me for other reasons, you know, being dark-skinned. I you know
1: that life.
0: But, yeah, I don't think I ever experienced any, like, explicit or blatant anti-gay bullying when I was in high mm. school.
1: <clears throat> I don't know. It's so interesting to me, kind of, this world, like, how, how school is, is a, very much a bubble. Um, so you can have one experience in school and a totally different <laughs> experience outside of school. And for me, that's definitely how it was. So like in school um, was gay as hell. And so I didn't really, I only, I dealt with like very little um, issues of, you know, people saying stuff about being gay or whatever. Um, either folks were just too, yeah, I'll just say that. Either folks were like just too, I guess, like scared or just like too like, not really about their life to say something because I did fight. So, I mean, it wasn't really a mm-hmm. secret. It wasn't a secret. Um, I didn't go seeking out fights, but like from being new and coming in, and like basically, you know, somebody had to be the person to try me and then I had to fight. And then they're like, oh, well, no, she actually fights. So maybe we should leave her alone. So people didn't really say too much. Um, but I do remember like when I came out, I there was a, a group of girls I used to hang with. And so, um, one of the girls I had briefly dated her brother in middle school, um, and it's so weird because he had a, like a track record of dating girls who ended up like either being like queer or some kind of way. Like, that was very interesting to me. I'm like, hi, this is, you got a type? Like, you attracting you attracting all the girls who like girls? But um, so we were cool, and then she had kind of like introduced me to her friends, and so I started hanging with them because I when I transferred to that school. So, I remember when I came out, this was like after the girl was like, You're gay. And I was like, Hmm. And I thought about it. I was like, I think you're right. Um, And so I ended up, um, at the time, I wrote for a um, newspaper, like a teen newspaper, whatever. They used to go to the schools in Atlanta. And I like wrote my coming out. So, I basically came out in the paper. So, this is like one of the only things in school to me that was very much like kind of like some movie shit. Like, because when I tell you I walked into like the cafeteria and everybody had them damn newspapers, I'm like, now we've been doing this paper. This paper has existed for years. I I never noticed everybody reading it like that until that day when my story was in it. I was like, oh my God. And I had been writing in there. So it was, that wasn't new, but like for some reason it was just that day. I'm just like, God damn, this paper is everywhere. Like I don't really know how to respond to this. Um, so For the most part folks were you know like didn't really say much or they were just whispering or whatever um but this one girl um so who was part of the little crew she told the mutual friend because like i was closer to her than i was to the other girls but she told her like i don't know if javi should still hang with us because i ain't with that gay shit (laughs) (laughs) and so the mutual friend like who i was close to was just like girl shut up like what the hell are you talking about um she was like um she was like she not even you know she ain't worried about you or whatever and then um so she but she kept like so she was really like the only person who she would keep making comments about it um just, just she was just like to be gay? no she didn't turn out to be gay but i had to hurt her feelings basically oh um she like, so she, she <laughs> was like was with that gay shit. <laughs> maybe she probably was you know on the low but she was able like, to get you or whatever so Like, we would sit down. This is stuff I was like, this is like some TV shit. Like, we'll sit down at the lunch table. She will move, like, to not sit by me because the gay is contagious. Um, You know, I don't want, I don't, it's like coronavirus, apparently. It's just, you know, (laughs) um, it's, you know, she got to stay at least six feet away to not catch the gay. Um, So I would just be like, I'm just like, this bitch is so ridiculous. Like, are you kidding me? But I'll just say whatever. Um, Or she'll be like, she would say stuff to other people like, oh, you know, she gay, right? (laughs) y'all like it was so ridiculous i'm just like so um so then yeah so she kept that up that happened that kept going for like a couple weeks or whatever i'll just be ignoring her and then she um we were it was just this one day we we're in line and um i was behind her like in the cafeteria line and then she was like she like started basically like tripping out about me being behind her like ain't like she had no ass anyway so like girl please relax but she was just like, oh, uh, so she kept saying the whole "I ain't with that gay shit" thing, and I was just like, listen, you're not my type. You don't have anything to worry about. Like, trust, I'm, I'm good. And but then she got offended, <laughs> so I'm just like, like what you, what you trying to say? Okay, um. So then no, yeah, your <laughs> really. Uh, she just, I'm like, you just don't do nothing for me, so you don't have to worry. Like, I'm not, I'm not checking for you at all. Um, but so it's interesting to me, um, but that was really like the extent of kind of like any type of conflict or whatever um, in school, but like outside of school was a different story because, because in Atlanta, like there is a lot of visibility, you know, and at that time too, we were wearing hell of rainbow shit. Like, I mean, I grew out of that, but at the time in high school, especially being someone who was primarily more like femme presenting too, I felt like that was more a way to like really like signal or flag because like, who gonna know? And all the gay folks should go downtown and be congregating and trying to meet folks. So we went rainbow shit. So it was then, you know, being out in a larger Atlanta community that we experienced more issues and like gay bashing and all kinds of stuff, like all kind of crazy stuff. Um So it was yeah. just a very different experience in school versus out of school. Um So it's like, when I think about this whole idea of possibility models, it's like in school, I really got to see like queer kids connect with each other. We got to see little relationships and stuff. People date. People do the same shit they do regardless. Like just you know teens being teens and doing what they do regardless of their orientation. But then being out, we did have typically have kind of safety in numbers, um, but that was for a reason because when people would be in smaller groups or by themselves there would be some targeting, there would be people, especially riding public transit and stuff, people would make comments, people would be really aggressive, um, had people get violent and all that. So we got to kind of be in a bubble, but also be in the real ass world and go through things that a lot of other kids didn't necessarily have to consider. So it was just interesting to me. It's kind of like, okay, well, I see the possibility of like, we can make these connections, so we can have this community with each other but we also got to deal with shit you know we also got to deal with people targeting us and being violent toward us and all kind of stuff so
3: no um i was just gonna say it's it was interesting to me like how much gay bashing occurred in midtown like that's you know that's where the gay people are you know mm-hmm. so
1: it's like people go there just to <laughs> just to get us like mm-hmm. what in the world? i got gonna...
3: harassed by a cop at pride what what the fuck are you here for mm-hmm you know, the white. Well, actually, it was white pride, regular pride. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, they love their cops. Mm-hmm. Um, For some reason. Yeah. Oh, cops. For some it reason. It was
0: white
3: pride.
0: That's
1: hilarious. Yeah, because, like, in Atlanta, there's, like, so, of course, October is supposed to be, like, pride, you know, just, you know, pride month or whatever. It It, it wasn't always in October, actually. But Atlanta had, like, their pride celebration, but then they also had black pride. Like that was just like Black Gay Pride or whatever during Labor Day weekend. So people just start being like White Pride versus Black Pride. Um because it was the re- the regular pride celebration was like in June and then they moved it to October. Um but yeah. So folks were like, you know, you going to Black Pride or you gonna go to White
3: Pride? <laughs> Yeah, I've never said white pride, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always black pride or pride. White pride. <laughs> <laughs> Only black the pride. black people from
1: Atlanta call it white pride.
3: Only people
2: from. Yeah, everybody, else is,
3: is inclusive everybody just says
2: pride.
1: And when <laughs> yeah, people pride. say pride, that's typically what they're uh, referring to because really, if you're not from Atlanta or connected to somebody from there, you may not even know about black pride. No. You know, it's not that I many mean, places who have it. I, I think, think it's kind of a black. Yeah. black yeah, Black people no know. Black gay people mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think i have a, a black pride in rochester too oh really it's not um, too far away from me but i know, I know um dc yeah because dc was actually the first one i heard of before even atlanta um yeah the chocolate
3: pride action <laughs> mm-hmm. no but, but yeah it's you know they love their cops so i kissed my i don't think she was my girlfriend at the time but ex or whatever look she was out here yeah. <laughs> we were kissing at pride and he was starting to arrest us. Wow. Like, um, at, what? Pride. Like, <laughs> at Pride? Like, go away.
1: Yeah.
3: Why In the here? park. We, you know, we weren't on the streets. We weren't naked. Nothing crazy. We we're just kissing. Do you
2: know where you are? Time. Like, they act
3: like yeah. they always How act like they exist? don't know
2: where they are. Every, yeah. every Pride year, they act like they don't know like, what event they're, they're at. They're
1: good for that. They're, they're just doing that. their job.
2: That's their job to be violent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're, they're like, <laughs> my job is to harass you black person that's my job i'm just upholding the american uh way of life or some bullshit like that yeah Yeah. and they be they'd they'd be those it'd be even black you know the cops are cops so Mm -hmm. um hop right off the
2: float and go arrest and harass people
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) right like Uh, we gotta stop the float pause i gotta go (laughs) just point out into the crowd you all right Yeah, that's the, yeah, we don't even get into that. So who you're
3: here to protect. he's like, you know, does your mom know you're here? First of all, I was an adult. (laughs) Uh, Excuse (laughs) you. I was was like, um, I'm 18 actually, but he's like, I'll call your parents right now. Wow. What What
1: kind of threat? First of all, you whack-ass cop being like, I'll call your parents right now. I'll call my parents right now. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, insert uh, that Waka gift where he just, like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: yeah, he was really trying to attempt intimid- first. The arrest, then the parents, and he was just, he's like, I'll let you go. The warning today, and okay, what the and fuck? it's
1: like, you really just ain't got nothing else to do. That's really a, a power thing. It's like, you just get off on on that, you know, on yeah. asserting this fan power or whatever, just for the hell of it.
3: Yeah. Get the fuck up because my face. he even fin- watched us finish, like, let us finish making out, like, he didn't interrupt us. He just wanted he to watch. Just, yeah, and then when we're finished, and oh, he disgusting. like walked up to us. Yeah,
1: like you just yeah, that's just mm, a whole other. That's a whole other uh, show. <laughs> 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 so don't get me started on them. You already know, like um, um, I got all kind of issues with the with the um, with the boys. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just. Um, What was I gonna ask? Oh, so another thing I wanted to ask um, for both of you, because both of you are um, in your own, you know, like respective ways or whatever, very, um, like basically you're not like a stranger or like silent to social justice issues or anything like that. So it's like you're, you know, um, vocal about where you stand and all that kind of stuff. So when you think about just the idea of social justice and activism and all that, how does that does that have any type of relationship to you with um like love and you know your relationships and stuff like that um like are those things connected at all for you
0: i mean i would say a short answer is absolutely um absolutely i'm going to put myself on blast and say that Um, recently I had like a temporary lapse in judgment, um, because I was feeling lonely and really wanted. I know where uh, this is going. going. I was like, you in danger,
1: don't do it. No, I
0: was, I was in danger. I did literally put myself in danger. Um, but this person, I had posted this thing on Instagram. Um, it was like this from this like lesbian page. It was these two women kissing and I was like, I just want this. And then this person responded to me. Um, and she was like, I want this too. Like, is it too much to want, like like a silly goofy like supportive partner or whatever so we started talking i was like i think you're fine by the way and so she was like, <laughs> texting me we were texting and i was like what do you do for a living and she was like i don't want to say because like she was like i don't want to say um especially during these times and so i already had an idea already what her know. Job was. <laughs> I already had an idea what her job
3: was that gives it away um
0: uh, and then um I was like just like just tell me and she said I'm an officer and I was like do you mean you're a cop
1: <laughs> <laughs> right so I'm an officer nobody She's says like, that yeah, what the I'm hell a cop.
0: <laughs> and I was like oh I was like I am the type of person to scream fuck 12 from the rooftops <laughs> um and she was like I'm a 12 that would fuck you so good that you'll be screaming from the rooftops for getting what, what you said.
3: And wow. I was like,
1: <laughs> okay, wow. I see you. I thought it was cute. I thought it what was gonna, Look, I'm up here telling you like, like, she was like, Scr-. right, she like, I'm about to take this, talk about her. No, you know what? That's like pitching. She, that's like pitching. That's
0: like exactly
2: how that shit start out one way, and it
1: just whoo- curves.
2: T- whoo- she really flipped it. Really what
0: flipped the it. hell? So I was like, I, I, she's she a she's gymnast or whatever. She's that's fun or whatever. And then I posted on Facebook, and I was like, y'all, there's this cop. I like her. We literally only talking. Mm-hmm, for the I remember that days. post. I was like, um, no, yeah and no, everybody I don't. was like don't do it don't know, not you can't do it you should not, run away in no. oh, like literally no. unanimously <laughs> unanimously everybody was like no um but i, I continue to talk to her anyway um but i'm also somebody that has been incarcerated before um and i'm a prison abolitionist and so if you are dating somebody that is literally working to uphold a system that you are so against like how does that work mm-hmm. and so she like didn't really understand how those things were related if I'm somebody that believes in abolishing the police and you're a cop and you don't have any interest in like leaving your job anytime soon or at all like that's just not gonna work and so that definitely like I mean it was a primary reason why we didn't work right. um, but yeah it is it is really important for me to to date someone that has some sort of like understanding of social justice. I think what is what is really important for me is somebody that's like not transphobic. Um, and and honestly, I don't think that it's enough to just not be transphobic. Like, I think you have to be active in some way. Um, I met my last partner through like a prison abolition organization. Um, he was a volunteer and I was someone that was getting like support from them. Um, it's a really cute story, but I don't wanna talk about it because I don't think it's sad. Um, but yeah, I think it, 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 yeah it's super important for me to, to, to date someone that that has an understanding of the way that society works, um, that wants to, to work towards abolishing certain toxic systems. Um, somebody that like sees how colorism plays a role in like my life, you know, somebody that's not going to silence me, um, somebody that's not fanful, but like all of that needs to be um, in play. And if you're not there yet, you at least need to be working to, to get there. Um, like I understand that we're not all born woke, you know, but you also have to be actively like challenging yourself. Um, and I don't have the time or patience to be teaching somebody that I'm in a relationship with, you know, um, to get to that level. So yeah, that's how I feel. I would much rather date somebody that's already in the movement, doing the work as opposed Mm -hmm. to somebody that I have to like help get there.
1: That makes sense. What about for you,
3: Courtney?
2: Um, so it didn't, it wasn't always important to me. Um, over time it became increasingly important. I wasn't always very vocal about how it felt about things or my views or how I viewed the world. And there are reasons for that that I'm not going to really get into. But um, now where I am in my life it is extremely important to me. Um, so my partner <laughs> is mixed race,
1: from mississippi (laughs) oh lord mississippi mississippi my goodness Um, and she's a bit younger than me so
2: when we met a lot of the things that i felt strongly about were not things that she had ever been been in the position to consider
3: Mm.
2: um but with me becoming finding these things to be more and more important and me Feeling strongly about them, and becoming more vocal about them, there are things that I, we started to talk about and we started to kind of get on the same page on. And we don't agree on everything because again, she's from Mississippi. <laughs> she's mixed race.
0: Um,
2: um, but uh, I I'm found that it was very important for me to kind of figure out where she stood on certain issues, especially about race. Especially about sexuality, um, gender, things like that. Um, because those are the things I feel the most passionate about. Um, and we're on an even kill with those things, even though we speak about them differently. <laughs> um a little less eloquently and a little less um vocal or um I don't know how what's the nice way to put it. <laughs> she understands where her stance is even though she doesn't always know how to vocalize it
0: Mm. that's the best way i can put it i have a quick question for you um Mm -hmm. is is biracial is that like the understanding that like one of the races is black her father is black her mother is white okay and her mother voted for trump
2: (laughs) (laughs) so she's biracial from mississippi (laughs) 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 small town mississippi right outside where the kkk
1: is Mm. so So does it mean like specifically for courtney's partner or just in general in general
0: when people say biracial Mm -hmm. do they mean like black and white specifically
1: huh or like is black black always always an
0: identity that's included in biraciality
1: i think that's interesting because from the way i've heard it used when people say mixed that could be whatever but when people say biracial i have only heard that used for black and white Okay. I don't know if it's if okay. that's exclusive to it, but I've never heard anybody like who like for instance like I mean I've dated somebody who was like black and Mexican or something. She didn't consider herself to be biracial. You know what I mean? Like she was just like I'm Afro Latina. So I don't know. I never. I've never. I've only heard it used for black and white. Do people say mixed race when they're not
0: black? That's weird.
1: Um. No, it's people who are who. You know have i guess at least one black you know have a black parent or whatever and they still say mixed so i don't know it's like honestly uh, there's a lot around that that i'm just like i'm not 100 percent clear on and i've kind of just like released <laughs> into the universe um because there is a lot of like i don't know i feel like it's in some ways it's very very broad um mm-hmm. but the broadest term that i've heard that i've heard used is mixed because um, pretty much anything if you are you know whether black is involved or not but for biracial yeah i don't know anybody who uses that and they don't mean black and white even for black in another you know race or whatever i, I never heard that used in that way
3: yeah i think biracial is more so um binary than um by like two i think that's how it's been used binary like black white versus mm-hmm. bi like, two, like two yeah
1: versus other folks just say mixed. and i mean and some people say both you know, so some folks, you know, they will say they're biracial and they're mixed. Um, I usually,
2: just say mixed race.
1: Yeah, but yeah, most the most folks I know say mixed. I don't, I don't hear biracial often, honestly. Except for that don't um, cringy song, <laughs> <laughs> the cringy biracial girl song. Oh my god, <laughs> what song? It's a oh cringy. Look I'll, it up. When I'll get a send you, or I'll send you a link or something. It's it's called biracial girl. It's awful.
0: Uh, who was the I can't Mulatto? remember the guy's
1: name? Um, is it by Keisha? No, I don't know. No, it's not by Lyskin Keisha. <laughs> it's, it's not by Mulato. <laughs> it's not by it's not by, it's not by either of them. It's by a guy who um is not famous. Um he famous. He He's well, famous. he might be viral or something, but I don't remember his name, but he has a song called Racism and he also has a song called Biracial Girl. He has oh he has God. a musical selection of cringy songs. He Wait, really?
2: Yes, he
3: did. What did you say? He
2: made, he made one, one for, for a Latino, Latino woman? One for Latino women yeah, he also. has
3: one for like every race. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he has one for Doug. he do not have also? one called Black Girl?
2: Nope. He, no, <laughs> no, he doesn't. Of course <laughs> not. Of course I don't think he does.
3: I don't what believe wow. he had like a. That's a racist.
1: <laughs> the racist. That's the race and the ism, the schism he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, he got a song and he's talking about race and he says, schism? <laughs> like, what? Uh, yeah.
3: We have digressed. <laughs> So
1: I know we are off topic. Okay. We're off topic. Um <laughs> okay, so Desiree told us what she thought. Courtney said that basically it's become increasingly important and basically there are like key things that you know you're like y'all gotta be on the same page about. So what about you, wife of mine? Uh people <clears throat> who I'm dating now, is that what you're asking me? Wow. Yeah, because you are a little thoughty. Um, I'm talking about <laughs> prior to like just you know, as you were getting into dating and stuff like that like was it so did you even consider um you know kind of like okay well what's this person's views on like social issues is this person you know like was that in your
3: thought process um for me i guess you know i couldn't be more woke i couldn't date someone how do i say so you're probably the wokest person i've ever dated um You no, no, you're, crazy. you're radical, right? Black, yeah, radical. I'm radical. <laughs> um, so, but before you, I would definitely um, cancel someone from my dating life if they couldn't even like bother to be kept up with current events. Hmm. Um, I remember the night that like we killed Osama bin Laden. I was with a girl and she like fell asleep, and I was just so turned off. <laughs> <laughs> It just pissed me off so much and it's not that's like not even social justice or anything it was right. just like
1: just current events
3: nothing in it like you just want to like be on facebook all day and i don't know so i feel like i'm uh, what is it i don't know I'm like See, looking but, down my nose on people you know yeah i was about to say because that's that's a little elitist and, yeah. yeah
1: because ultimately it's like okay in that regard i'm like i wouldn't necessarily have an issue because like for, for the average person, it's like, what the fuck does that to do with my life? But my know?
3: awakening has, like, mostly been with you, so that's my only example. I mean, hmm. now maybe with my friend who I'm uh, engaging with, uh, it has been a struggle.
1: can't relate. Dang my ministry. Wow. Oh, but so, okay, so basically in the past you're saying, like, you were concerned. You, what mattered to you was like, okay, does this person keep up with with current events? So was that more so to you like a, some kind of marker of their intelligence? Yes. Okay.
3: So what? Not so, like I was like you had to be super smart or super intelligent, but like you had to be interested in the world, like mm-hmm. on some level. Okay. So yeah, yeah so I go I say leaves.
1: <laughs> so what? that's how I get what you said basically it's kind of like elitist or like looking your nose down on because yeah. that does have the, those undertones so what happened so what how did you transition from that
3: I haven't <laughs> <laughs> terrible I can't, I can't date someone that who's like like all that shit is going on in the world right now and they're like oh yeah there's an election this year oh I didn't know that like, they're just like so I'm not aloof. talking about that I'm talking about like so not
1: somebody who's just like you know what I'm saying totally like oblivious but Going from like, okay, hey, you know, I'm just completely done with you or whatever, to like, you, you talk about, oh, this awakening. So, what is what is that?
3: Oh, you know I'm talking I'm about like becoming more woke on social justice issues mm-hmm. that happened under you.
1: What is that? Like, a I like guess a presidency that happened under you. What? That, those, um, we okay we ain't got a dictatorship under gym. your watch
3: <laughs> like, right <laughs> what the hell The happen, well you know well, since because the thing you. is
1: i don't feel like i've had so like similar to what desire said about like okay i don't want to have to like teach you know someone um you know all the things or whatever i don't feel like oh i've just had to like do like social justice boot camp with you or something like no, that i'm just saying um,
3: when we got together i was 22 until like a lot of the shit i've learned um, happened yeah. when I was with you so
1: um yeah and we just have different yeah. backgrounds too so it's like a lot of stuff um I just learned sooner um a lot of out of necessity <laughs> like it's just you know we grew up in different uh socioeconomic situations so um I will say yeah to, so
2: I will say to Desiree's point if I ever had to if I ever started dating again I'm, I'm with her I'm, I'm not willing to just teach anybody at this point <laughs> like if you're yeah. not already there with everything that's going on and all the work that everyone around you is doing then what are you doing
1: right are you just blind what to are you it? here
2: for what are you doing
1: right so, I mean I think for me like the, the my nuance in that okay so I give the most room nuance or whatever to basically black women, fems, black marginalized genders. So that's like above everybody else. Everybody else, I'm like, okay, you're going to have to kind of get in where you fit in. But um, black women and mages, I'll just say black mages, that's like my top priority. And so I do give the most kind of like room and grace and like, you know, flexibility if there's like stuff that they do not know or they're not up on because I'm like, you know, in your regular life, you deal with so much stuff that, okay, you may not be up on what's going on in the world. You are just trying to survive. I know what it's like to be in survival mode and to not necessarily be up on, you know, what's going on. That's real. Like it's not like that was super long ago <laughs> for me. Um, so I understand that. So I don't look at that the same way. Like that's kind of for black majors. They're just like in their own category, but everybody else I'm like, okay, they don't get that so i'm like you know if you're a man if you're a non-black person then i'm just like what you doing (laughs) like you need to be knowing something up on something or whatever because i'm not dealing with your foolishness um and so now at this point in time like i'm the only people i have any degree of interest in educating are black majors everybody else i do not have the time or energy or the patience and i just i don't do it anymore i used to do it in the past, um, but I don't anymore.
3: Well, I'm not saying I, I don't extend them that grace. I'm saying I'm not well, about to date you, or you
1: know. No, I'm That's saying, I'm saying. saying yeah. I'm saying I'm saying okay for my response. Oh, you gonna date to me? that? Potentially.
3: Oh shit. Okay. Let <laughs> <Well>, me <laughs> <you>
1: know. <laughs> Shut up. Um, so I, I'm, I'm saying it's I not a deal breaker on. to me like it is with. So you know, what I'm saying like if it's like okay, this is a black woman who may not be like you know up on all the things versus like let's say a, um, a Latinx yeah. woman or somebody, like, you know yeah. saying? It's yeah, like, I just get bored. Like, I'm know everything. So like, I'm going to, you, you might have a little more, you know, room or whatever. I might be like, okay, I got a little time versus everybody else. I'm like, I have absolutely no time. Like, why are you even looking at me? <laughs> like, I just don't have, I don't have it for you, you know? Um, so, yeah, but I mean, it, it's not like this broad because like, I, I, I know myself, I don't want to have to basically be a teacher. So that probably will impact my attraction to you but it just depends on the person because i don't want to be elitist either like everybody don't know stuff but just because you don't know that don't necessarily mean i have to be the person to teach you or if i do have to be that person then maybe the romantic interest won't be there
2: I, don't know.
1: I understand that nuance <laughs> um
0: there's this person that i was kind of entertaining this like black ginger, queer person and they were cool they were really silly i really enjoyed their company but there were a lot of things that they were just like, I guess, ignorant about. They didn't really understand, like, some trans issues, they didn't understand some feminist issues, some gender issues. And so, like, sometimes when they would ask me questions, it would come off like I would perceive them as like attacking my viewpoints when mm. in reality they were like genuinely asking questions. They just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were times where I would spend like 30 minutes at a time, like explaining this like massive concept to them I would mm-hmm. send them articles and then this one time I basically told them like they were trying to tell me the story of somebody else's business and mm-hmm. I was like by the way if it's a white person's business I don't care to hear about it because I don't have like period to white people yes and they were the like energy are you serious Desiree wow that's so fucked up I can't believe you think like that and i was like
1: yeah it's was, over Yeah,
0: and then we got into this huge argument they called me like cold hearted they're like i can't believe you will think like that and it's just like why and they were like i know you feel a certain way about light-skinned people and white people but this girl that i was talking about was light-skinned and you assumed that she was white based on her name <laughs> and it was just like all the shit that i didn't even say the all the assumptions made about what you thought was going on in my mind i had told them time and time again when i was explaining colors into them that like i don't hate light-skinned people like i think that colorism is a system that like you know, impacts dark skin people and that we should be aware of that and calling that shit right. out. But it was just, like, I don't... Like, I extended so much of my energy and so much of my time See, to you, and then
1: for you to, like, flip
0: on me, yeah, and then, no. like, it just, yeah. It just was yeah, not the was so I understand,
1: like... I'll be so irritated, like, as soon as they would have went down that path, I'm like, I'm not gonna even argue with you, I'm just not gonna deal with you, because <laughs> yeah, would it would've just thing. really... It's yeah, that would've been a major um, turn-off. Really they're listening
2: they're actually taking everything you're saying and then turning it into waiting till like, i throw this in your face <laughs> you yeah. know like mm-hmm. damn i'm gonna yeah. turn mm-hmm. this around and reinterpret it
0: for a right argument right
1: <laughs> ridic- that's so ridiculous <laughs>
0: hell no
2: it's so
1: ridiculous i'm like so you just gonna use i'm like basically sharing my actual views with you but then you're gonna try to use it against me as like fuel i ain't got the time so that's and it's that kind of stuff it's like okay well You know, I want to be, and and that's why I say like everybody's problematic, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? There's nobody who isn't problematic. So I know that for me, that's probably one of the areas where I would be problematic in terms of how much patience and grace and stuff do I extend to this person, you know what I'm saying? To be like involved with them or whatever. Um, It may make me elitist to some extent. And so I have to like decide for myself if I'm okay with that, you know, because you know, it's, and it's something, you know, it's like an individual thing that I will have to reconcile. Like, am I okay with the fact that, all right, Javi, you might be being a little a little elitist by, you know, dismissing this person or about whatever. We all pro- you know what I'm saying? None of us is like void of <laughs> problematicness. So, um, yeah. But to me, I have to kind of decide for myself, like what, what am I okay with kind of still be in my areas that are still work being worked on and what things am i just like i ain't with it so like you know i might be like okay well that's the area i need to work on and i am I might be problematic but at the same time i'm not about to be like transphobic we ain't playing that so right. you know what i'm saying so it's like so i don't feel like it's like i do feel like there's levels to the shit and um you know to me I, I it would be worse for me to be biphobic or transphobic or something like that so um and that could be wrong but that's just kind of where i'm at with it, so I won't I won't completely disregard somebody for where they are, but still, it kind of just will show me like, okay, this is kind of how I can and can't deal with you, um, because I don't want to have to I don't want to be in a position where I feel like I'm I'm always teaching you stuff. I, I would like unless it's a reciprocal thing. If I am teaching and then you're also teaching me, then that's a totally different situation. And I think that's the difference with our relationship or whatever because if I felt like oh I got to teach you all this stuff so you could be as woke as I am that's that shit gets old Mm
3: -hmm.
1: you know but if I feel like hey we can actually have a dialogue and you know we can ask each other questions or we can challenge each other or we can you know both learn and grow together that's you know the difference so I may have been in a different place when we got together but that's because my background is different so I I had to be (laughs) you know I didn't have that
2: the capability to extend that grace comes from being from the South. Because when you're Southern, you give everybody the benefit of the doubt. You extend <clears> everybody <throat> the grace to learn and yeah. kind of come to your side of things or everybody's polite. And everybody <laughs> thinks they can teach other people or make other people understand when they're from the South.
1: Hmm. I never even thought about that as like a Southern thing um does everybody really play there hmm. mm-hmm. no. <laughs> no no absolutely not i mean i mean my thing is i thing i assholes. never would have thought about it like that i i definitely used to be um way more forgiving um now i'm in a whole other place with for forgiveness we don't even <laughs> like i'm just yeah. like fuck that but um yeah, it's like the, I guess maybe I exhausted my grace for everybody except for Black Pages. Um, oh, grew it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't have, like, I for real, I just be looking at folks like, I do not, like, I don't care what you're talking about, okay? <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's us against the world. That's really how I feel at this point, because mm-hmm. that's really how it is. Like, we are all we got. And so that's really my mindset. So everybody else, I'm like, I ain't really fooling with you. I don't, I don't care.
0: <laughs> i'm sure you Sometimes. all heard the news of ruth bader ginsburg mm-hmm. passing away yes. somebody mm-hmm. said that that was the worst thing to happen this year really and i was just
3: and it was another oh, bad I, person. That I was level, just like what, what i mean? don't you know what that person's background was it a was it a white woman it was a black person what it was a black woman i was just like girl oh, no what? baby what is
0: you doing what is you doing oh
1: my Who god you been this
0: year Right. single worst thing to happen. Hibernating, like, you've oh been hibernating, God. and
1: you just came out your slumber like, "Oh no, Ruth!" Keep <laughs> it under. Mm.
3: They must have still believed in democracy and shit, girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> been dead for a long time. Oh, you wanted <laughs> <of> those? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh,
0: that's cute. Democracy never existed oh, in this country, right? That's oh, cute. <laughs> 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 cute. <laughs> 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 like, okay.
3: Oh, they they hope. That's cute.
1: Yeah, that is cute. Yeah, that's real adorable. Um, I just wow. But see. That's the thing, like that, I w- I couldn't get that person the time of day. Like, no. I could be like, "Oh, you so fine," and as soon as they say that, I'm like, "Oh, you're not." Mm. I just I don't A even see of, you the same so no I more.
0: I really want to comment yeah. and be like, I know some folks are really like, if you just be quiet, thing,
3: but <laughs> maybe I'm you should. during are in mourning,
0: so
1: hmm?
3: that shouldn't even make me cry. Am I dead inside? <laughs>
1: What? Okay, you on a whole other thing over here.
3: No, I was just like, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Alright, so. Right. I'm gonna go ahead and get some chocolate cake. <laughs> I'm
1: hungry. Wow. You're like, on to the next.
3: No, but what I was gonna say is, like, for people like us who, you know, are the woke or...
2: Socially, <laughs> the woke? Socially conscious.
3: <laughs> I'm allowing came. myself right now to have um a problematic phase, right? in my friend, okay? So this is what I'm allowing because we started to talk a little bit of politics recently, and politics really pisses me off right now. and gets me heated. Um, And so I realized, I was like, I don't want to talk about this with you. You're supposed to be the problematic fave. As long as you're not doing, like, the things you were saying, the transphobia or Mm -hmm. blah, 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 the things we've listed, then you can just be over here as a little distraction, kind of like listening to connie from 04 like <laughs> allow me to have some joy without my brain frying out from like this over uh, an overwhelming mm-hmm. amount of grief and
1: mm-hmm.
3: i mean but know, then that's when you have to have, deal to deal
1: have boundaries and all the other kind of stuff yeah like, and you got and that's the thing too so we talk about like you know extending grace and like how we deal with people or whatever um it's knowing you know, how you can and can't deal with somebody. So, you know, Desiree might be like, okay, I can't be romantically involved with this person because I ain't got the time. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to be, like, their educator boo. Um, But that that may not necessarily mean that, oh, well, this person can't be in my life at all whatsoever. But it's, like, it, within a specific context. And I, at least for me, that's definitely where I am at. I'm like, for some folks, I'm like, there are just some things that, I'm like, that's not that's not what our relationship involves. We don't talk about these things, um, and that's okay. Like that doesn't make you know, as long as as long as you're not you know wilding out, you know you out here being transphobic, biphobic, you know xenophobic, like you know, just wilding or whatever, then that's different. But you know, it's so that's more so kind of like that extending grace where it's like, okay, I know I can deal with you in this context, and I'm just gonna leave it at that, <laughs> and we will we will just keep it you know keep it pushing because. And, and I think that's okay. I mean, and, and it might still be problematic. I don't know, whatever. But um, I think that's just being fair to yourself and having your own boundaries about how you're willing, how you are and are not willing to engage with someone. Cause I'm just, I'm tired. So I'm not trying to be going back and forth and do the debates and do the, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Like I've done that before and I am well past that. Like I've done it enough to where I don't feel like I want to do that anymore in my life. <laughs> so um, so yeah, that's just where I'm at with that. Okay, so, um, all right. So I know that it has been quite some time um, since we've been on. So before I wrap up, I do want to give you all an opportunity to um, plug or mention, you know, anything that you would like or where people can find you if you are interested in them, being nosy and being in your business.
3: <laughs> right.
1: Well, be
0: my business. Hello, everyone. i <laughs> <Hankins. laughs> You can call me Des um, if you want to follow up with me. On Instagram, you can find me at Blackbird, B-L-A-Q, the Q is for queer, B-I-R-D-D-D, three Ds, again, B-L-A-Q, B-A-R-D-D-D. And I have a couple things going on. Um, The most important one for me is the Black QT Fund or the Redistribution Fund um, for Black trans and Black LGBTQ people. Um, It is essentially a redistribution fund or reparations fund. Um, for Black trans and Black LGBTQ people. Um, it is open, our applications are open now. You can find more about that in the link on my Instagram bio. Um, s- the initial goal uh, for fundraising was $50,000 and we have so far surpassed $20,000. Um, nice. And so we're always accepting um, donations, we're always accepting requests. Um, so again, if you wanna get in on that, hit up the link in my bio on my Instagram. Um, Another thing that I'm working on is this um, project called Blocos, it's spelled B-L-O-Q-O-S, underscore, that's our Instagram handle, Um, and it is a developing like network for um, Black and POC folks with mental illnesses to come together and find love or romance or friendship. Um, I know based on my own experiences and the experiences of my loved ones that it can be difficult Um, finding love on these dating apps um, or just Mm -hmm. in general when you have a mental illness Um, and so we're looking to like break that stigma or what are they saying it's not break Mm, that sounds what right. What's the phrase? We'll say break,
1: <laughs> break the <stigma. laughs> or like end the stigma, or something. End of
0: the stigma. There we go. End <laughs> this break. Stop. Demolish. Right. Abolish. <laughs> <and fund. laughs> defund the stigma. <laughs> Hashtag defund the stigma. Um, and so you can head to my um, Instagram page again. It's b l o q o s underscore. Um, I named it that way. The Q is for queer. And loco, so like loco in Spanish, which means mm-hmm. crazy. And then the B um, for black. Um, yeah, so if you're like a designer, um, if you're someone that has like app development ideas, if you're um, a queer person, a black queer person, a, a queer person of color um, that has any ideas on what you'd like to see from a service like the head on to our page, we would love to have your inputs and to have you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
1: All right. I will be uh following on Instagram. I like the name. That's dope. And I already knew about the fun. Doing the work, redistributing, mm-hmm. redistributing. Is that how you say that? Those <laughs> funds. So red- what about you, Courtney?
2: Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at trip underscore the light underscore fantastic. I know it's a lot. It's just regular, regular my, my Instagram It's <laughs> some pictures of me. Uh, hopefully, eventually, I may have some writings that I can post whenever I get my mind right. Um, I also have a uh, group on Facebook called Atlanta Queer Arts Collective, um, which uh, started out as a group for artists to share events and share their artwork and connect with other artists. Um, it's a very small, small group, but I'm looking for more members if you want to join. Um, just come on and be very open about your work and um, share whatever you'd like to share. Um, hopefully, eventually when I, again, get my mind right, <laughs> <I hope laughs> to start having events or a meetup or something like that. Uh, so yeah, follow, follow my group page as well. Um, and that's all I got. So.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I'll include, uh, the info for both of you in the show notes. Um, and that's basically, I don't know, well, wife, you got any, (laughs) any, anything. All right. No Um, so yeah, I'll include the info in the show notes. All All right. So thank you both for being on. Thank you to everyone for listening. As always, it is appreciated. Um, if you have not done so already, make sure that you check out, um, the BRQ Patreon, um, it helps to keep the podcast going, because, uh, it ain't hosted for free, (laughs) we gotta pay, gotta pay these hosting fees, um, to get this thing out to y'all, um, yeah, so that is all I got for this episode, and, um, until next time, yeah, that's it, bye. Black Radical Queer is a main house media podcast hosted by Javi and Nicole. BRQ is produced and edited by Charmaine Fury, and the show's theme music was created by The Brothers Records. You can connect with us on Twitter or Instagram at BlackRadQueer. That's B L K R A D Q W-R. You can also connect with us on Facebook through the Black Radical Queer Podcast Facebook fan page or the BRQ Discussion Group. You can get Black Rad, Queer merch on teespring.com/slash Black Queer, B-L-K-R-A-D-Q-W-R. And you can leave a voicemail, call in, ask a question, those types of things on the BRQ Google Voice line. And that number is 937-601-8647. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.